This is the Warm Springs program on KWSO. What is FEMA? FEMA is the Federal Emergency Management Agency. In Oregon, it falls under Region 10 of FEMA's scope. And in the works is the bonds being made with the tribes in the region and the federal agency. The deputy administrator made a stop in Warm Springs for a brief interview with KWSO. I'm Scott Zaffram. I'm the Acting Deputy Regional Administrator for FEMA Region 10. Region 10 encompasses the states of Alaska, Idaho, Oregon, Washington, and 271 national tribes. So FEMA's primary job is to support people before, during, and after disasters. And so our primary effort that that FEMA is responsible for is to help with the coordination of federal coordination related to a disaster, response, recovery, mitigation, and preparedness. So our visit today is to help enhance the relationships with our tribal partners. Uh, in FEMA Region 10, we have 271 tribal partners. Each one is, is definitely unique. They have their own challenges. And at FEMA and within the federal government, we have treaty and trust responsibilities that are really important to us. And currently, we have a, a strategic plan within the agency led by our, our fearless leader, FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell, that is really pushing FEMA to be better. It is looking at how do we reduce or break down the barriers to, to inequities that, it, that exist within our programs, and, and how do we provide the, a better capability during a disaster um, or before a disaster? How do we build a better opportunity to where we can leverage the resources that exist, better understand the cultural needs that tribes have, and then how do we find out how to best deliver those services to, to help build capacity within emergency management uh, and to be there in a, in a more timely and meaningful way with the tribes. Uh, and this is really important because looking into the future, we have a number of emerging th threats, uh, things like climate change. This is really important to tribal nations, uh, especially uh, here and related, if you were to look just specifically at wildfire, this is drought, extreme heat, these are things that are really pushing us to have to understand what the threat is, what's it going to look like in the future, and then how to best either mitigate it or respond when disaster does strike. And so these partnerships are critical uh, for us to know who we are, each other are, uh, before a disaster happens, to understand the dynamics within a community is very important. Uh, and then how do we just continue to nourish and, and build those relationships? It's, it's just extremely important in emergency management for success. In the works is the bonds being made with the tribes in the region and the federal agency. Yeah, so the, the relationship with Warm Springs is, is pretty incredible. I mean, I, I believe today is a perfect example of being able for, for we all have busy schedules, but to just to look how the tribe has, has greeted us and welcomed us into their community, fully understanding that we're visitors, but it never feels that way. Uh, it's incredible, and it feels like the partnership is 100% is genuine. So today as we break bread, and, and we have a feast and we talk about these challenges within the community and then also the perspectives. Being able to understand perspectives and for us to learn from one another is huge. And so in this community, there's a number of tribal leaders that have voiced a strong presence uh, regionally, nationally, and it's a compelling story of tribes we deserve, the federal government must do better and the tribes deserve that. And it's a, it's a complicated, it's been a complicated relationship. And currently now there, there is effort and energy and resources that really are, are focusing and narrowing in on that relationship and what does it mean. So 
here in Warm Springs, we've had an incredible relationship. It's one of the best, I would say, that I have personally seen, and it's friendly. But also, the tribe is okay to, to try to hold us accountable, being the federal government, and what we can and should be doing. And to really push ourselves to the limit of looking at old policies that need to be reexamined. Where are the resources that may, may not exist currently or being put in other areas? And how do you maximize that for a tribe? And I think those are fair, those are fair questions to ask. I, and I feel like, uh, you know, to, to put a little, a little pressure and accountability for us all to do better is important. And in that process, the opportunity to share a story, to be able to understand the history is incredibly important and it shouldn't be lost. And, it, and, it, and it's got to be appreciated and understood in order for us to, to have a full comprehensive picture of what the future looks like and, and how do we take those steps forward together. I think today we, we have a, a national advocate and, and Kelby Kennedy, who's visiting us here from Washington, D.C. She is a tribal member for herself. And if you look at, at an agency or an organization and how to best be able to serve the people and how to be able to look at those that may be underserved, what is the best way to do that is you have your workforce, have the ability to advocate and look and sound like the people that you are trying to serve. And I think that this has been a strong effort of the agency at FEMA is how do you take the, the, the native voice and try to infuse that culture into the agency so that, they, so that it becomes an opportunity where the nation, nations have the opportunity to rep them, represent themselves uh, and, and maybe and sometimes even correct the record. And, and I think that's great as a tribal member and her being a national advocate uh, at a very high level as a, as a political appointee, is, is it's a serious thing. It is a very important thing. And resources within the federal government don't often come very easily, but this demonstrates the importance and the priority of building uh, cultural understanding and trying to break down these barriers that in the past may have limited the ability for resources to flow to tribes within emergency management, whether it's grants, uh, or the ability just to plan or prepare or access to staff. These are things that are going to improve in the future, and it's because of actions like this, of being able to, to hire and ensure that the representation of tribes looks, feels, and sounds like tribes because they are from a nation and represent that nation as so. My name is Eli Grove. I'm the Tribal Emergency Coordinator for the Office of Resilience and Emergency Management. My role within the Office of Resilience and Emergency Management, otherwise known as ORAM, um, is to focus on tribal support with the nine tribes of Oregon, uh, focusing on mass care. So food, shelter, and water are kind of the main components of that, including volunteer coordination, evacuation support, and beyond. I've worked with the emergency manager um, for over five years now. I was his counterpart as a fellow tribal emergency manager for my own tribe, the Confederate Tribes of Siletz Indians. So we work together on things like uh, being a voice for tribal emergency management, funding opportunities, uh, and making sure that our federal and state partners understand sovereignty. My history in emergency management, uh, my first job um, in this field was uh, being, I was a wildland firefighter for about six years for the state of Oregon, for the Department of Forestry. Uh, from there, I got a job uh, trying to help build a program for Confederate Tribes of Siletz Indians as the emergency preparedness coordinator. And then that led me to a job opportunity with the state to support all the nine tribes. I'm just really excited to be part of a new uh, office within ODHS, you know, have the opportunity to have a tribal voice in there um, and respect tribal sovereignty and wishes as we build a program that's uh, best for everybody.
Also, the FEMA Region 10 Tribal Liaison was present and talked about her visit to Warm Springs. My name is Lenena Appam and I am the FEMA Region 10 Tribal Liaison. My scope of work is working with the tribes in all four states, Alaska, Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. And my responsibility is bringing them together with the FEMA programs. So I started back in 2005 and I was working in individual assistance. Then I took a break during COVID and worked for with the Blackfeet tribe and Glacier County in Montana. And then I put in for the Region 10 Tribal Liaison. And, um, today I brought our tribal advocate advisor, Kelby Kennedy, to meet with the tribe to hear about the issues that they're having and how her department can help better serve the community. I am from the reservation and so I know that way of life and I know the troubles that the tribes go through with the government. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA, has brought into the department a National Tribal Affairs Advocate, and her name is Kelby Kennedy, who is also a Choctaw Tribal member. Halito, so chifoa Kelby Kennedy. Hello, my name is Kelby Kennedy. I'm a citizen of the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma, and I serve as FEMA's first ever National Tribal Affairs Advocate. So my job is a brand new political appointee on behalf of the Biden-Harris administration. I serve as a tribal political appointee to advise the FEMA administrator and all of FEMA, so the Federal Emergency Management Agency, on tribal affairs. So I work in Washington, D.C. I help change policies, programs, and work on tribal issues across all of the country. So my history with emergency management was something that happened when I was a small child. Um, growing up on my tribe's reservation in southeastern Oklahoma, one of my earliest memories is looking at a tornado out of the back, <laughs> out of the back in the pasture, um, and my mother yanking me under the bed. And so my experience with emergency management as a tribal citizen has always been on the survivor side because my tribe was always the government that showed up. It wasn't the state, it wasn't the county, it was my, my tribe, the Choctaw Nation that showed up. And when I moved to Washington D.C. about five years ago, I started working for the National Congress of American Indians, or NCAI. And when I started working there, I was doing policy. And Robert Holden, who was the deputy director of NCAI, he had worked on emergency management, and he was leaving. He was also a tribal citizen from my tribe, Was grew up 30 minutes away from where I am. And he really, him and other tribal emergency managers and leaders really taught me in the policy space about tribal emergency management. So I come from tribal emergency management more so from the legal perspective, the policy perspective, um, and do what I can to help tribal emergency managers and tribal nations build emergency management. I'm really honored to transition. I was appointed this last October to be in my new political role. And so my history, as I said, started within CAI, but honestly started where many tribal emergency managers are, which is, you know, being a citizen out in Indian country and running into some type of disaster because it does happen wherever you are in Indian country. Part of my role is to make sure that FEMA is actively working to live up to our treaty and trust responsibility. Um, in addition to myself being appointed, FEMA has our first ever national tribal affairs strategy, which is a whole strategy focused on Indian country. And there's several parts, but there's two things I want to highlight in it. Um, first and foremost in that strategy is a dedication from FEMA to change programs and policies to make sure that tribes can access FEMA resources because there's so many resources within FEMA that tribal nations aren't able to access and how are we identifying those resources. And one of which tribal nations have told us for years is the disaster declaration process. So it's the 
the way that a tribe can ask the president to declare a presidential disaster and it unlocks the door, as you say, to a ton of disaster funding from FEMA. So in 2013, Congress amended the Stafford Act to allow tribal nations, just like states, to go directly to the president for their own disaster declaration. And in 2017, FEMA created a policy to, to help with tribal declarations. Well, we've had that policy for five years and tribes have told us, you know, there's good, there's bad, and there's ugly. And so we're actively consulting with tribal nations on a government to government basis to update that policy. We've had about five consultations and listening sessions now, and our next consultation will be at the item C or the Intertribal Emergency Management Coalition Conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It'll be an in-person tribal consultation on FEMA's disaster declaration policy for tribal nations, and I really hope tribes can come. Um, we are accepting written comments on that policy until September 17th, 2023. Um, if you go to FEMA tribal consultations online, you can find all this information, but that's something I'm really excited about because FEMA's budget, half of, half of it is about disaster response and recovery dollars, and we want to make sure that tribal nations are able to access that money that should be, you know, helping survivors out in Indian country and strengthen tribal sovereignty. I really want to highlight this amazing program that we have at FEMA, which is known as the National Tribal Training Week. Um, it's out at CDP, or the Center for Domestic Preparedness. We'll have, I believe it's our 10th year hosting this next year, but out at CDP is one of our FEMA training arms. We host this week, and we do training all year round, but we host a tribal week where we bring in tribal emergency managers, staff, healthcare staff, leadership, communication staff, whoever you can think of from your tribal nation, we bring them all into one place in Anniston, Alabama, and we train on how to respond before, during, and after disasters. And you can be someone who's never dealt with emergency management in your entire life, or you can be a seasoned veteran. There's something for everyone. This last year at CDP, we had over 200 attendees from, I believe, 97 tribal nations all come. And on top of getting all of these training classes that tribal nations help develop every year, um, in addition to the certifications, the, the thing that really helps is tribal nations working with other tribal nations, building those relationships across Indian country. Because we no, right? When a disaster happens in Indian country, you're not going to call FEMA first. You're going to call your sister nation and they're going to show up for you. So how do we as FEMA not only help get funding to support tribal sovereignty and self-determination, but connect nation to nations to build resilience across Indian country? Because I can speak from personal, personal experience that tribal nations are the first and they're sometimes the only responders to disasters in Indian country. And we as FEMA have to live up to our treaty and trust responsibility to make sure that every single tribal nation can keep everyone safe within their lands. Native, non-native, tribes are doing it all and making sure that everybody, again, is safe before, during, and after disasters, just like we here at FEMA do. Yakoke, thanks so much. That was Chakta Tribal Member Kelby Kennedy, the new National Tribal Affairs Advocate. Here on the Warm Springs program, I'm Neil Morningall, reporting for 91.9 FM, KWSO.